Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to our Christmas Eve service here at Trinity Bible Church in Canmore. So glad to have you with us. Uh, this Advent season here at Trinity, we've been working through a series called Christmas Isn't Cancelled. Uh, obviously a bit of a play on words that so much has been cancelled over this last uh, nine months, ten months or so, but uh, at, at the root of it, Christmas is not cancelled. So tonight will be a reminder of that. Uh, although we won't be gathered in a room together, at least we are gathered online. Even though many of the traditions that we hold dear are unavailable to us this evening, we are together. We're gathered uh, online and we will remind ourselves that, that Christmas is about Jesus breaking into history and changing the world forever. That first advent, that first coming of Jesus is the central event of all of human history. And we want to celebrate that tonight. And so tonight we'll have a couple of readings, we'll have a couple of songs, and we'll turn our attention to what Christmas is all about. The words to this poem were written by Mr. Will William Jasper. "'Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the land there was a bustle of travel for the census at hand. Mary and Joseph traveled many a mile and arrived in Bethlehem after a while. They looked all around, but there simply was no room to be found. They searched everywhere, but still were unable, and so it happened they stayed in a stable. Now shepherds were watching their sheep in the night, when in an instant they saw a great light. And what to their wondering eyes should appear but a beautiful angel high up in the air. His face was so shiny, his garments so bright, that the shepherds began to tremble with fright. But as he came nearer, the words that were said soon gave them to know they had nothing to dread. He told them of peace, with no fear of danger, for a wonderful gift they would find in a manger. So leaving their sheep, they went into town. To seek for this gift, they would search up and down. When they came to the stable, they went inside and there found the manger with Mary beside. Asleep in the manger, this wonderful gift, the sight of the baby their spirits did lift. And so they returned to their sheep filled with joy because they had seen this new baby boy. So pure and so holy, so full of God's love, they knew it was Jesus God's gift from above. And thus, as we think of our Savior today, May our worship this Christmas not be in vain. Let's love him and trust him each day as we pray. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good day. Mary, did you know that your baby boy one day walk on water. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? The child that you deliver would soon deliver you 
This evening, it's my privilege to bring you the scripture reading for tonight. It's found in 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands concerning the word of life. That light was revealed and we have seen it and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may also have fellowship with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. And this is the word of the Lord. When we think of Christmas passages, that one that Mike just read for us may not be one of the first ones that comes to mind. Usually we drift towards the Gospels, the beginning of the Gospels, and we look for angels, we look for shepherds, we look for Mary and Joseph and a baby in a manger. But even though John isn't directly recounting these events for us in those verses we just had read, he's giving us a wonderful, simple explanation of that night that happened some 2,000 years ago. There's two key phrases that John starts with. We want to talk about how we are saved by faith. John says that he's writing concerning the word of life, and later that the eternal life was the one that was with the Father. These are familiar phrases in all of John's writings, and they point us to Jesus himself. But if we look closely at those words, they, they don't say that Jesus brings life, but rather that he is eternal life, that Jesus is salvation himself. He is the one who saves us. See, that's the message behind every Christmas passage. And it's what sets Christianity apart from every other worldview. In every other religion, the founder points to eternal life. Whereas Jesus is God, come in the flesh, moving into the neighborhood, and he is eternal life. Many in our day reject this idea that, that Jesus came or, or that we have a debt to pay for our broken relationship with him. Maybe you've heard someone say, I just don't believe in doctrine or dogma or religion like that. Just live a good life and, and you'll be fine. The problem with a statement like that is that in, in itself is a doctrine. It is dogma. It's a doctrine of works. It's saying, be good and you'll get in whatever that looks like. But that message isn't the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is that God loved the world in this way, that he gave his one and his only son so that whoever believes in him will not perish but have 
eternal life. The message of Christmas isn't do, it's done. It's all about grace. We're saved by grace. The second thing we want to pull, especially out of those first two verses, is that Christmas really happened. If we could earn our way to eternal life by doing enough good to outweigh our bad, or by being devout enough, or by checking enough boxes on some list, then, then Jesus didn't need to come. He didn't need to, to do anything more than just be an example for us. But if we can't do it all on our own, if we can't earn our own way, then God's rescue plan required someone to come to us, to rescue us. And all the great events that we have in the Gospels, in the four biographies of Jesus, they, they have to be true. They have to have really happened. These stories aren't just stories, but in fact, they, they have to be dealing with real events in history. Paul writes to one of the churches, basically, if none of this happened, if Jesus didn't come, if he didn't die for our sins, didn't live a perfect life, didn't die on a cross for us and was, wasn't raised three days later, then we as those who follow him are to be pitied more than anyone else. And everything we believe is a waste of our time and our energy. That's why John is so clear in these opening words. We heard him. We saw him. We observed and we touched him. One scholar notes that, that John isn't just being poetic here using this language, but he's actually using courtroom language. It's like he's being sworn in to a court of law. He's swearing to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. We heard Jesus. We saw him with our own eyes. We touched him. We, we followed him. We observed the things that he did. See, John's not telling us about some myth or legend if he was, we're on our own. Instead, he's telling us about something that really happened, that's absolutely true, and because of that, we can be saved by grace. Star shine and its splendor fills up the sky. It's the same that appeared and the wise men revered when hope was born this night. Out on the snowy fields, there's a silent peace that heals, and it echoes the grace of our Savior's embrace because hope. Shepherds so scared and rejoice and declare 
Well, if those first two verses we looked at, if they were like being sworn into a courtroom setting, then verse 3 and 4 describe John's goal in telling us about Jesus. Christmas means that you can have fellowship with God. It means you can actually be in a relationship with God. We don't often use the, the word fellowship in the English language in modern days, but some of the ideas that are similar are, are communion or association or partnership. What it means is that we can have a, a deep, meaningful, intimate, authentic relationship. And John is saying that, that you and I can have the same sort of relationship with Jesus that the original disciples, those, those closest to Jesus when he walked the earth, that they had. Again, this is, this is something that's unique to Christianity, that God became human and walked among us. He, he moved into the neighborhood, as it were. He, he took on flesh. No other faith makes this claim. Charles Wesley, in the, the hymn, The Christmas Carol, Hark the Herald Angels Sing, says, Veiled in flesh the Godhead see. See, Christmas means that we actually see God through Jesus. John elsewhere writes that, that we observe his glory, the glory as the one and only Son of the Father, filled with grace and truth. When we read the Gospels, we are reading about God himself in human form. When we look at Jesus, we see all of God's perfections, his love, his humility, his wisdom, his brilliance, his, his compassion, and the list goes on. The character of God is visible in Jesus. The Apostle Paul also attested to this writing that, that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. According to these verses that we read, 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4, we can have a real, living, intimate relationship with the Creator God of the universe. Jesus came that very first Christmas and has broken down all the barriers in the way. Christmas shows us that God was not just content to be some concept or figment in our imaginations or to just be distant and unknowable, but Christmas shows us that, that God has come near and that we can do all that we can and we ought to do all that we can to also draw near to him as well. We also know from that first Christmas, from these verses, that we can have joy. When those angels announced the first, uh, the first time Jesus' arrival, they proclaimed and declared that they were bringing good news of great joy. And so here John points us to, to joy as well. He says, my joy will not be complete until you're also in this relationship with God. Now this concept of, of joy is an important one to John in all of his writings. In his biography of Jesus, in his gospel, we see Jesus promise his followers unshakable joy because he also says that Jesus will reproduce his own joy in us. Now, when, when the Bible, and specifically the New Testament, talks about joy, it's talking about much more than just a feeling or an emotion of happiness. It's not talking about that, that emotion or that feeling that quickly fades when you stub your toe or spill your coffee or your circumstances change. One writer, James K.A. Smith, says, Our society has tricked us into thinking that being entertained and having joy are the same things. Instead, instead the joy that the Bible talks about 
is more like that of the ballast in a ship that keeps it afloat in the water. This kind of joy that the Bible talks about, that the New Testament talks about, it's a centering joy. It's a balancing joy. In the last book of the Lord of the Rings series, there's a time when the future looks hopeless. Gandalf seems to be crushed under the weight of the world, but, but unexpectedly he begins to laugh. And he, he says that underneath all the care and sorrow, all the burdens that he's carrying, despite the weight of everything that seems to be just crushing him, underneath it all there is a, a great joy, a fountain of mirth enough to set a kingdom laughing were it to gush forth. I don't know about you, but I've seen this kind of joy active in people, and maybe even especially over these past nine months in our COVID reality or so. So many people I know who who are grounded in a faith in Jesus are also having his joy reproduced in them, and they're not shaken by all that the world has been throwing at them. It's really remarkable to watch. These these people who, from a worldly perspective, their actions just don't make sense. But deep within, they have a joy in the Lord, a joy rooted in Jesus that isn't shaken by circumstances or death or disease or financial hardship or relational strain or anything else. In Psalm chapter 1, we read about this kind of person as well. They're, they're rooted in their relationship with Jesus so much that they're like a tree planted near a stream where its roots can grow down deep and hold fast. And because the stream is right there as well, it has all that it needs. Christmas means that every single one of us has access because of Jesus to that assurance of God's love to that confidence of his care, and to a foundation of joy that can hold fast no matter the circumstances in our lives. Hey guys, it's me, Arnie, and uh, today I'm going to sing a song, and I'm really excited about this. Uh, So this is a very familiar Christmas song to us. I really like this song because, uh, you know, remembering the birth of our Savior, Jesus and this song is very special and but before that i want to greet you all uh merry christmas uh, from me and my family to you and your family and i hope and pray that you will receive the abundant the blessing of joy peace and love uh, this season this song is called uh, joy to the world like we have joy even though Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let her receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room. Heaven and nature sing, and heaven and nature sing. Joy to the world. 
Christmas and God bless you all. Let me suggest that so often you and I miss out on that Christmas Christian joy because the way we get it just seems so ordinary. There's a story elsewhere in the Bible in the Old Testament of a, a foreign leader who comes and is trying to find the prophet of Israel. He's, he's diseased, he's got leprosy, and, and he's heard that, that maybe he can be healed by this prophet. And so he comes and he finds the prophet's house and he, he sends his messenger in and says, send the prophet out so I can be healed. 
But instead of coming out to meet this foreign dignitary, the, the prophet simply, simply sends one of his messengers and says, hey, go down to the river and wash yourself seven times. That's it. Well, the guy who had traveled so far, he was, he was really upset about this. How could this guy not even come out to see me? Does he not know who I am? What do you mean just go wash in the river? Our rivers back home are way cleaner than this dirty old thing. And he was about to just head home. But luckily, one of his servants came to him and said, listen, if you had been given some more difficult task to do, if there was some multiple step regimen that they said, do this, then this, then this, and put in some effort, you would have done it. So why won't you do this simple thing? See, I think sometimes you and I, we are the same way. We, we come to Jesus and we expect that he'll give us a long list of things to do. Go away and, and clean yourself up and then come back to me. Or we ourselves just make up that list. Hey, before I can come to Jesus, I need to, to do this thing. I need to stop doing that thing. I need to, to start doing this other thing. I need to stop looking at that stuff, whatever else it is. But Christmas is, our hands have touched him. We've heard him. We've seen him. It's so simple and ordinary. Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came to us. We, we expected a spectacle, but we got a manger. We expected a, a stadium packed with adoring fans singing praises, but we got O little town of Bethlehem. We expected a king in a palace, but we get a homeless refugee who would be fleeing for his life soon. See, Jesus defied all expectations about how his kingdom should be ushered in. Christmas and its message, they're simple. They're ordinary. Jesus came to earth for you and for me. It doesn't matter who you are, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. Jesus has come for you and for me. Christmas is grace given to all who will accept that gift. Christmas is rooted in history. It's not just myth or legend. Christmas is about getting a relationship with God through Jesus. Christmas is about unshakable joy. And Christmas is simple and ordinary. And it all starts with humility and asking and receiving, because Christmas is a gift. Maybe tonight, some of you watching are being drawn towards this gift for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time. Maybe you once went to church, but because of life or circumstances or whatever else, you stopped for a while. Maybe you've never been around a church before, but you, you saw an ad or a post online and you, you're checking us out for Christmas Eve this year. Thank you and welcome. Maybe now you realize that you need this gift that we've been talking about. You don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to, to, to be able to, to figure absolutely everything out. You just need to understand that Christmas is God's gift of Jesus for everyone. This Jesus, whose birth we celebrate at Christmas, was fully God, yet he became human. He lived a perfect life of obedience to God. He never sinned, and yet he wound up on the cross, dying for our sins, paying the price for our sin, our rebellion. 
Three days later, he rose from the dead, conquering our greatest enemies, Satan, sin, and death, so that we can be brought back and adopted into the family, grafted into Jesus' family, where we can find grace and love and joy. If you find yourself saying tonight, yes, I want this gift, I need this grace, I need his presence, I'm looking for something, and Jesus is that thing, I want to encourage you to just take a stand right now. Raise your hand, say yes, say something out loud. Yes, I want that. I know it might be a little weird because we're online and maybe you're watching on a computer by yourself, but just stand up and say yes to Jesus tonight. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have it all figured out, but just a desire to start that relationship that Jesus came to offer to you. If you're saying yes tonight, I'll invite you to hit that raise hand button in the chat of our live stream or type in yes in the comments if you're watching on Facebook. I would love to, to reach out and connect with you and, and congratulate on celebrating with you. Let me pray this together. We can pray together, maybe for your first time. Jesus, thank you for coming. Thank you for Christmas. Forgive my sins. Be the center of my life. I accept your gift of grace, so make me new, so I can follow you. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.
so much for joining us for this Christmas pre-recorded service. Uh, it's been great to be together. Uh, if you've got any questions or anything stirring in your minds about anything that we've sung or said or you've heard this evening, I'd love to hear from you. You can drop a note in the comments. You can reach out to me by email or, or Facebook message as well. I'd love to connect with you. Here's the thing. Christmas isn't cancelled. It can't be. It was something that happened 2,000 years ago. And so as we wrap up our time here this evening, let's remember Jesus come to us to live the life that, that we couldn't live, to, to die a death that our sins deserved, but raised again on the third day, conquering sin and death so that we can be grafted and adopted into the family of God, brought into full relationship and, and, and made uh, all that we were created to be, flourishing. So thanks so much for being with us. Uh, Merry Christmas from my house and my family to your house and your family. And God bless you. Let's go.